Hey everybody, it's Kevin Bay from KevinBay.com. My last name is spelled B as in boy, A-E. It's not B-A-Y, just in case. It's been a couple of weeks since I published the podcast. Uh, I kept meaning to do it, but I keep forgetting about it, and then it gets late in the day, and then I can't do it. So I skipped over it the last couple of weeks, and I'm doing this one now, so... It's kind of winging it too, because I'm not prepared like I'm like I'm ever prepared anyway. And you know the the funny thing is too, is like during during the week. You know I spend my time I'm blogging and I'm doing all this stuff. You know just spreading information that I find across the web. And you know I get I get a few hundred, um, you know maybe. Th- Three, four, five hundred depends on the day, really. Um, uh, visitors to to my website. Most people are looking for information, it seems, on ivermectin. So you know that uh, that the information is sparse when I'm getting that many people looking for information on ivermectin. Uh, a lot of people look at the story of Nurije Fipe who had to sue the hospital, her family had to sue the hospital in order to um, allow allow them to administer, or had to sue the hospital to force the administ- for them to <laughs> administer ivermectin. This is why I don't podcast. I, I, I don't think, uh, my thought process is so jumbled sometimes that it just doesn't come out. So I, I know what I want to say, but it's very difficult for me to say it on the fly um, if I'm not having a conversation, I think, with somebody else. So if I'm just sitting here talking to myself, that it doesn't come out uh, as easily. So I, I find myself like, you know, constantly searching for that uh, that phrase or, or the words uh, to convey exactly what I want. Uh, let's see here. And this is one of those moments. Okay. Uh, just sorry, just checking on something. My wife had to go someplace, and I'm just making sure she gets there because she doesn't really drive around on her own that much and we are in a new state only for the last year so I just want to make sure she gets to where she's going so yeah I sit here and you know I I get these ideas like oh you know what would be a great episode of a podcast and and there would be an idea for something that that I would just really like to talk about and probably that I could talk about for you know an hour or so and I forget to write it down I don't blog it because it's not necessarily something that would be good for a for a blog post. It's not really direct information, you know, or something that I can that I can link to. Sometimes it is, but quite often it's just like, oh, you know, I've got this bug in my brain and it would be good to just talk about that. You know, and and when I look across the web, I don't really see anybody talking about it either. But the problem is by the time I get behind or I get to the point where, okay, I can get behind the microphone. I haven't made a note about it. I haven't written it down. So uh, the idea goes right back out of my head. 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I got to get better at this. I, I, you know, I carry a cell phone, so you figure I could I could write down some notes or just type out some quick notes just to to keep it there for you know podcasting ideas. You know, so that that's mainly why too that when I do podcast, I I podcast off of my my blog because it's things that that were bugging me. So um, I take the time to actually write them down or link to it. You know, for for things that I and mostly I do that. So, you know, I make a note. It's really for myself. So, you know, I found this item. Uh, you know, so I try to keep it there so I can I can reference it again. Seeing so later on when I'm talking to somebody else, it's like no, no, I f- I found this, and you know this proves that, or you know maybe uh, purports to prove something or disprove something. Oh, she arrived. Let me just acknowledge that really quick. Ah. Just telling her, okay, and good job. She found her way. So let me, let's see. What was the story I found earlier today? That uh, in the infrastructure bill... Uh, that was just past the house. For some reason, inside of an infrastructure bill, we have um, regulations on cryptocurrency. I don't understand what that, why they would do that. And and here here's what they said in the Wall Street Journal. They reported the provision in the bill requires anyone handling cryptocurrency transactions to report gross proceeds to the Internal Revenue Service along with the names and addresses of the parties. It's intended to capture billions of dollars in tax revenue the IRS says it lost each year and would also give law enforcement and regulators visibility into into a market in which bad actors can too easily operate anonymously. They don't do this for cash. For regular old cash, if I'm going to pay somebody $100... And it's in cash money, not by debit card, not by credit card. Nobody's tracking that. If I don't report it as income, if somebody gives me $1,000, if they don't report the expense, the IRS will never know about that. So what is the point of this cryptocurrency stuff? It seems to me this will this will drive it deep underground. Because you know how, how many transactions there are? It's not like uh, you know trading in Bitcoin... Nobody's actually paying anybody in a Bitcoin. It, the price is too high. It's like 40, I don't know what the price is today. Last time I remember somebody mentioning it was over $40,000 for a single Bitcoin. So nobody, nobody's paying that. Nobody's, gonna, nobody's walking into a dealership and buying a car with a Bitcoin. So most of, of the transactions right now, are they're micropayments. They're smaller transactions and they're off the blockchain. There, um, I don't know if that's most, but a, a good deal of them now are done on what's called the Lightning Network. And on the Lightning Network, you pay people in Satoshis. Satoshis, and I forget what the denomination is because I'm still all new to it as well and looking into it. It's like a billionth of a Bitcoin or something like that. So it's really, maybe maybe it's not a billionth, I don't know. It, it's some fraction of a Bitcoin. Maybe I could just look it up since I am here. Uh, Satoshi uh, value. 
Bitcoin Satoshi. So one, let's see. So Satoshi. Can I edit any of this crap? Okay, here we go. One Satoshi is point zero 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 four eight cents. You know, so it's it's not even it's a uh, not even half of one cent. It is, oh geez, I mean that that's ridiculous. So, it is nothing. It is point zero 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 one of a bitcoin. So a lot of transactions are are done that way, where you're just trading really tiny micro payments. So if if somebody listening to this podcast using a value for value podcast app that can stream Satoshi's to me on the fly as they listen, if I end up with you know somebody gives me a five hundred Satoshi boost, which by the way would be appreciated. If somebody gives me that that type of boost, but I I never convert it. It's just sitting there in the wallet. You know, it's not it's still not very easy to turn a crypto dollar or crypto uh a Satoshi or a Bitcoin into actual money. It's not easy, it's a pain in the ass. It's not it's not widespread. So until you actually turn it into money, into US dollars or some other currency, what is it actually worth? This has been my argument with Bitcoin forever. Yes, I can, you know, people can trade in Bitcoin. A cryptographic uh, token, basically, that you pass to somebody else. It doesn't really exist anywhere. It's only in in your mind. Now, you know, there's not, not much difference between that and the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has nothing behind it. It has no, no uh, actual asset of in, of value behind it. You know, we left the gold standard a long time ago. So the thing that is sitting behind the dollar is the U.S. government and the U.S. military. What's sitting behind a Bitcoin? You know, the only thing sitting behind a Bitcoin are people using it. Now, I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying that as as something of value without a government behind it and an army to back up that currency what do we actually have so i know you know the us government they must be afraid of it otherwise why why tuck this into an infrastructure bill you know and and what does cryptocurrency have to do with infrastructure this this kind of shit drives me nuts too when you look at the news and they report on an infrastructure bill. An infrastructure bill to the common man, <laughs> to the normal man, to, to uh, let's say person. You can't just say man anymore. When I say man, I mean man in general, meaning everybody, human beings. But to, to a normal person, infrastructure means infrastructure. Planes, trains, automobiles, trucks, roads, Bridges, airports, terminals, bus terminals. 
it doesn't mean cryptocurrency. It doesn't mean, you know, all these other things. Either it's infrastructure or it's not. You cannot keep bending the definition. Anyway. So think about how think about how complicated this would be to for for everybody to report the names and addresses of everybody who transacts with them in crypto you know on one of my on I can't remember if it was this podcast or the other podcast but um somebody shot me a couple thousand satoshis you know they listened for a little while and uh they gave me a couple of boosts so a couple thousand satoshis it's not a, it's not it's virtually no money let's see let's let's go back to that little uh currency evaluator and let's say okay 2000 satoshis it's not even a dollar it is 98 cents 97.9 cents so not even a dollar. So for for that dollar, 2,000 Satoshis, I have to report somebody's name and address? How does how does that make sense? Can can you imagine the accounting nightmare? I mean of of throwing all of that together. I I don't even know who gave it to me. How am I supposed to get that information? This is all just done through uh electronic means by just saying, okay, <laughs> You know, I, I truly don't even understand the, the, the total mechanisms at work that move Satoshis from one wallet to another. So how am I supposed to report that? How is anybody supposed to report that? This thing is so new. But uh, given, given that they're putting this in an infrastructure bill, they must be afraid of it somehow. And with, with China moving to their digital... Yuan, I believe that's how you pronounce it. The U.S. is kind of sitting behind the curve. Now, it's easy for China. China is a closed communist system. They have their credit score, not credit score, their social, I forgot what they call it, their social score, that if you don't abide, you know, if, you're, if you don't behave right, they lower your score, and then suddenly you can't do things, you can't get into place. It's going to be much like our vaccine pass. So the United States, um, hold on one second. My wife has stories to tell. Well, she's got a doctor's visit, so it's going to be interesting. Whoops. I should probably get that off of. <laughs> uh, that doesn't belong there. All right. Um. I say I totally lost my train of thought. I cannot communicate with the outside world while I try to do this. I I just I lose it. I, I lose my train of thought. So what I should do is I maybe I should put that here. Out of camera shot. So since the last time I did a podcast, it seems like the entire world is different. Seems like the whole world has changed. We had um, the shit show in Afghanistan. 
We have President Biden. Um, making crazy ass decisions, leaving people behind in Afghan in Afghanistan. They don't even know how many Americans are still there. How is it after a week and a half, at least a week and a half, it's probably almost two weeks now, that nobody has been tasked to get an accurate number of Americans that are still in Afghanistan outside the airport area? I, I really don't understand that. And, that. and that on top of the fact that uh, President Biden is not taking questions from the media, the fact that the media even turned on him, talking about his blown exit from Afghanistan. Now, on, on my blog, I've, I've written about it a bunch of times, I am not for staying in Afghanistan. I, you know, I'm I'm of a mind that we should have never been there in the first place. After, you know, I, I'm not against the attack on Afghanistan post 9-11. I was all for that. But I was against staying there. I didn't see any reason that we should, especially after what happened with the Soviet Union back in their day. I was like, why would you want to get, why would you want to mess around in a country like that? You know, it seemed... Also, that we had the capability to blow in there and, you know, blow shit up and kill the people that we think that were responsible, you know, and, and really ruin their capabilities of continuing this. And then you leave, and then you tell them, you know what, if, if we see that this is happening again, that anything is building up, we'll be back, and we'll we'll take care of it again, just like we did before. And it, that's better than leaving a standing army inside of a country that you're not welcome in. Um, that's hot. That's hostile to you. Uh, you know where the possibility of your friends and neighbors that are in the military go over there and they get killed for what? You know, blowing in there, blowing the shit out of them. And with the warning that if we see this type of uh, action happening again, that we'll come back. We'll come back and we'll blow the shit out of you again. That should be enough of a threat. Because prior to this, Afghanistan really wasn't much of a threat other than these, you know, dumbass jamokes wanting to practice international terrorism. And, and you know, the, the whole thing around 9-11 anyway, it's like you got to relive all of it all over again every time we talk about it. You know, they were not Afghans. They were Saudis. Maybe they've set up their training camps or whatever in Afghanistan, but, you know, who the hell knows anymore? You can't trust, you can barely trust anything that's being reported. But let's just take everything at face value, okay? The, the terrorism plot was was created over there. So we went over there and we blew shit up. We, you know, routed the Taliban and we pushed them back. You know, most of them ran away to Pakistan. And once we did that, we should have left. That was the mistake the Soviet Union made. They, did, they stayed. 
So we made the same mistake, but for a longer time, 20 years. 20 years, and you know, I, I've seen a bunch of different numbers. It's somewhere between one and a half to two and a half trillion dollars, which is, by the way, smaller than the budget buster that they're trying to pass, I guess, or maybe it, it did pass through the House through some reconciliation mechanism, and it's going to go to the Senate. Three and a half trillion dollars, that, that puppy is. So we, it's more than what we spent in 20 years in Afghanistan with, and th- think about Rex. The dog does not know that I'm podcasting. I don't know what her problem is. She probably needs to go out. I started this without leaving the, letting the dogs out. So we spent, you know, think think about the massive military effort, all the planes, you know, the Air Force, the Humvees, the guns, the troops, the bases, all the all that money that went to all that stuff is less than the. In, that's not the, that's not even including the infrastructure package, which is probably at least one Afghanistan. That's like a, million, a trillion and a half. So, but the budget, three and a half trillion, is more than, it's like 50% more than in Afghanistan. That's how much money that they're going to print and spend. That's, it's, it's lunacy. And if you add in the one and a half trillion, well, now we're talking about five trillion dollars, which is over two Afghanistans. You know what? What's come across my my brain that with this Afghanistan fiasco is, you know, Biden Biden is correct in leaving. He's not correct in the way it was handled. You know, and I think that that's universal with everybody is that we should have removed more of the civilians, uh, the American citizens, and the Afghans that were assisting the United States. We should have removed them from the country before the military, uh, military military started pulling out. But with the media also turning on Biden so hard, CNN, MSNBC even, um, you know, two of the networks that are so ridiculously partisan towards Democrats also went after him. ABC went after him. Con, you know, contradicting the president immediately after a speech. You know, I, I blogged about one of, one of those. He gave his speech, and I, you know, I just I happened to be watching, so I wanted to see what the reporters were going to say afterwards because I knew from all the other reporting before Biden even spoke that what he's saying seems like a lie. And when the reporters came back on, that's exactly what they said. What he just said is untrue. Is not true. So with the networks directly contradicting him, they didn't call him a liar. They just said it was untrue, which I wish they would just come out and call him a liar. But So with the networks going after him, and it just seems to me like maybe there's a concerted effort to not leave. 
by maybe the upper, I don't know, brass in the military, the intelligence services. And, you know, the media seems like they're so full of intelligence service people. You know, they, they, they do employ people that are from the FBI and the CIA, although the FBI is supposed to be domestic, not international, even though now they have the FBI goes everywhere. But I don't, I don't think these people want to leave. I don't know why they want to stay. You know, if it's the drug trade, you know, maybe I'm naive here with the poppies. And, you know, I just don't, I don't buy that. You know, my mind tells me that this, is, this has been a thing with them since the George H.W. Bush days and the neocons in the George W. Bush days and the Clinton days, too, that for some reason think that uh, the United States needs to be the world's police. You know, that, and I think that's wrong. You know, it's tax de- taxpayer dollars just wasted. So, you know, I think that that might be the concerted effort that what they want to do is they want to stay. So they made sure, and they don't give a... The people at the top that orchestrate this shit, I don't believe they give a damn about people's lives at all. So I think they're like, okay, Biden is going to be adamant on leaving at a certain date. So we're going to make it the shit show that it should be. And they did. You know, and Biden perhaps being... Not the sharpest guy anymore. I mean, I, I never liked Joe Biden to begin with, but in his uh, advanced age, where he seems like he does suffer from mild dementia, he doesn't have the mental capacity or the power to see what's happening and to push back on it. So I think with his diminished capacity in a military and an intelligence service that doesn't want to leave Afghanistan. They want their fingers in everybody's country. They were willing to sacrifice and uh, they're willing to sacrifice American lives. I don't know another way to put it. You know, I, I saw a story in the oh shit, I forgot what it was. The LA Times maybe about some students that went over to Afghanistan and are still stranded there, even though even though Jen Psaki says nobody's stranded. It said that they're stranded. They went with teachers, I guess, some students, and they're stuck. How are you going to get those people out? I, I really don't understand what the end game is here with this withdrawal. They got six days, six days to get everybody out. It's probably it's less than that cuz I don't know what time it is in Afghanistan. So maybe 5 days to get everybody out. The Taliban has drawn a hard line and Biden doesn't seem to want to cross it. I don't know. And then let's see. Since last time, so much has happened. Uh the Larry Elder campaign for governor in the state of California seems to be taking off, uh, at least uh, if anything is to be taken from Gavin Newsom's 
recent appearances in media, uh, he's kind of losing his shit a little bit. And even at the LA Times with that beautiful uh, racist headline opinion piece that Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy, you've been warned. You can always count on the legacy media to pull out that race card. You know, that's why early on when Larry Elder said he was running, you know, I blogged it and I said, well, if, you know, especially given California's politics, their liberal Democrat, far to the left, you know, very woke style of politics, very socialist style of politics, very uh, Black Lives Matter style of politics. You know, I said that if you don't, if you live in California, you're registered to vote in California, and you don't vote to recall Newsom and vote for Larry Elder as your next governor, you are a racist. There's no other way to look at it. And looking at the world through today's lens and the identity politics uh, that, that people employ, it seems obvious to me that you cannot cast a vote for anybody else but Larry Elder. He's a native to California. He's African American. The only problem is, is that he's conservative. You know, I, I, I've heard his radio show a couple of times. It's not something I really listen to. Uh, his, his style is not, it's not a style I like to listen to. So I don't really know. I don't know if he's Republican conservative or if he's libertarian type conservative. Uh, you know, I, I see them throwing out a lot of stuff about him. You know, they call him conservative. They call him libertarian. I don't know which one's which exactly. Because they're not the same thing. Republican and libertarian are not the same thing. I, I self-identify as libertarian. With the basic, my basic premise for uh, my political stances is that, you know, I, I have a healthy respect for the genius of the U.S. Constitution, its separation of powers, and its protection of rights. The Bill of Rights in particular that protect us, supposed to protect us from what the government tries to do to us. It's not working out too well right now with COVID, but that's the general premise. The Bill of Rights is there to protect the individual from the power of government. So I have a healthy respect for the U.S. Constitution. I keep a copy on my desk, a little tiny pocket copy uh, by the Cato Institute. And I can't even remember how I came across this one. But it's a little tiny constitution, including the Declaration of Independence. Just in case, you know, because I, I don't remember everything that's in there. It's not even, but it's not a complicated document. So this, and it's so short that it makes it easy to reference. You can just go through it. So combined with the U.S. Constitution, the, the concept of just leave people alone. Leave people alone. Let them do what they want to do. Providing 
it does not infringe upon your own rights. Or, you know, like somebody can smoke a cigarette outside of my house. I don't care if it's outside. You know, uh, and if the smoke blowing in my face is bugging me, I would ask them to move or maybe to put it out. And to me, that's, that's enough. I don't care if they smoke. I don't care if they smoke marijuana. I don't care if they're uh, blowing up meth. As long as, long as, as long as they leave me alone, you can do whatever you want to yourself. And that you know that also has to that goes with COVID, COVID and the vaccines and and all this craziness we're going through. You look at Australia; that is just I feel those people need to be liberated. I don't know how they're going to get out from underneath the jackbooted thugs of the government over there. But you look at COVID, just with what we know, with what the actual facts are that haven't changed. That SARS-CoV-2 mainly infects, well, I guess I shouldn't say it. It it can infect everybody. But severe COVID-19, severe you know, the COVID-19 is the disease, SARS-CoV-2 is the virus. So severe cases of COVID-19, for the most part, like over 95%, I, there's so many different numbers that come out, nobody, nobody seems to tell the truth, but it's well over 95% of only those that are infected with COVID-19 survive with no problems. You know, the the other percentage, they in general have three main problems. One of the three. Either they're very old, they are obese, or and or they have type 2 diabetes. I mean, a lot of times obesity and type 2 diabetes, they run together. It's not always true, but it ha- you know, I think for the most part, it is true. Those are the people that are extreme high risk. So now we have a vaccine. We have three vaccines, at least in in the United States. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. So anybody who feels they are at high risk, or even if they're germaphobes and paranoid, hypochondriacs, they feel they need to be protected. You now have those options, you know. It, you know, the, and all the news reporting around the vaccines, the stuff is everywhere. You can't tell if the stuff is good for you, bad for you, effective, not effective. The reporting is everywhere. But we now have the, you know, if they work, we have the means. So you can take a vaccine, and you're supposed to be protected. So then, what? You know, me being an unvaccinated individual, what threat am I to you if you can now protect yourself? You know, there may have been an argument before, before the vaccines. Okay, you got to mitigate. You've got to stay distant. You got to wear your stupid mask. 
you know, even though I, I don't buy any of those arguments because uh, of the percentage of people who actually get seriously ill and die. But with the vaccine, I no longer pose a threat to anybody. You know, the only people I pose a threat to would be other unvaccinated people, and everybody has now made their choice. We're a nation of individuals. We, we made our choices. So where does the government get off trying to force us, force this on us? Where does business get off trying to force this on people? Delta today it's, was all over the news. They're going to be charging their employees that are enrolled in their health plan an additional $200 a month for COVID care. I don't think they're raising their premiums on people who are not in a program to lose weight if they're obese, which might also help their type 2 diabetes. You know, those contribute to severe COVID more than being unvaccinated. You know, and, and with the news of, you know, of the vaccines being all over the place and the full approval of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, which is now called Comirnaty, what a wacky name that is. And I think, uh, I, think I, I saw in the news that uh, Moderna, their name is going to be Spikevax. Spikevax. That's aggressive. So you could tell that they're more of a technology company versus an old school pharmaceutical company. Comirnaty just sounds like one of those benign uh, medication. Well, I guess not benign. One of those medications you see on on TV now that sponsors the news, where they give you the long list of adverse reactions that you you know the side effects that you need to be watching out for. The ones that you know where you're gonna go blind. It's gonna you know make your 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 kids grow a third head. Comernity, which is hard to say, for me at least, sounds just like one of those other drugs. Just some other crazy-ass drug. But Spikevax! Spikevax! That's like, that's like if uh, Elon Musk would have named something. But Comernity, uh, Pfizer's vaccine, got full approval. On Monday, with only six months of data. Now, mind you, most vaccines you've got years of data, years. Now, also, other vaccines have not been rolled out to, you know, 150, 200 million Americans. You know, in their trials. Plus, in in the original trial, I think it was 48,000 people, something like that. That original trial is dead because Pfizer chose to vaccinate the group that was the placebo group. So they no longer have a controlled trial where they have a placebo group, where they have a control group. Now, in the general population, the only control group are people like me who have not so far been vaccinated. And why haven't I I been vaccinated? I don't feel like I'm at high risk. I'm under the age of 65. I'm not diabetic. I'm not obese. 
I'm in, you know, relatively good health overall. You know, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I lead a fairly healthy life. I'm not the fittest guy in the world, you know. I'm not walking around with washboard abs or anything like that. But, you know, I'm in, I'm in relatively good shape for a 54-year-old man. I have no high blood pressure. I don't have any of these problems. So I don't feel I'm at high risk. So I don't need to get this vaccination. Same reason I don't get a flu shot. Same reason I don't take any other medication that I, that I feel I don't need. Rex. Rex is causing me trouble. I'm going to have to end this because she looks like she needs to go out. Hey, Rex. Rex. Come here. Now, of course, when I call her, my, my big dog, Godfrey, comes out. Um... So six months of data, no control group, only four months after application, when normally it takes at least a year to approve a vaccine after the application's been filed. At least that's what I've been reading. So, And on top of that, before the whole approval, They were talking about boosters, saying that there's waning efficacy after about eight months. So you get your last dosage, your last, your second vaccine from the mRNA vaccines. You get a booster after eight months, and it's supposed to work. Now, to me, that's typical government thinking, where if something isn't working, you got to do more of it, because doing more of it will make it work. That's bullshit to me. So it, it makes it very difficult to trust a fully approved vaccine when they didn't go through the normal processes a vaccine normally goes through. You know, maybe after a couple of years, you know, maybe because there's so many people vaccinated with this particular shot, you know, maybe it wouldn't take two years. Maybe, maybe after a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years to see what's happening. Although with it also being a new technology, now, I know it's been under development for a couple of decades, but this is the first time something like this has happened where it's been rolled out to human beings like this. So maybe after a couple of years, maybe two years, three years, we'll know for sure what any kind of long-term side effects might be out there. Because right now it's just so new, nobody really knows anything. You know, it seems to be effective at preventing severe disease within the first few months. After that, it starts to wane. I don't know about the Johnson & Johnson shot because the news media seems to ignore it, although Johnson & Johnson did have a story today that... Um, hold on one second here. Uh, that... Okay, sorry. That uh, a booster of theirs, you know, after after eight months or so, you know, helps as well. I think they're just kind of throwing their hat in the ring because boosters seem to be all the trend now. You know, at least to me with uh, Johnson and Johnson, the technology is an older technology that to me seems a little bit more trustworthy and not so risky. 
but like so it's like it's like time has been accelerated you know it's been it's been only two weeks it feels like it's only it feels like it's only been a week since i podcasted last since i recorded last but so much has happened so much has happened it's just so crazy i don't know you know i get uh oh you know what that is that's my oven it's my <laughs> i hear my oven timer i'm making this this pork dish and i forgot what it's called i saw it on youtube with the uh... oh crap rick bayless I, I was having a brain fart in his name uh, he made a very simple pork dish, so I've got that in the oven right now. It's like slow cooking. I've got it on really low, so i got to go check that. Anyway, uh, yeah, just things are just accelerating so fast. I don't know where this is going. We had to cancel a trip. We were going to take a trip up to uh, New York City area. It was going to be in New Jersey, but uh, up in the New York City area. And it was for a wedding, and they, they, you know, they put out on their website their wedding website that they're you know they want people to be vaccinated or test negative prior to going so you know we just canceled because first i'm not going to get a test for something that i have no symptoms for there's no reason for me to test and second i'm not ready i'm not prepared to get a vaccination just yet you know i I may at some point but right now i just don't see a need and you know, this kind of crap is happening all, all over the place. I will be taking a trip soon to go up to Salt Lake City. I have yet to see what that's going to be like. You know, the, the whole reason, too, is that when I get someplace, everybody has to know I'm not vaccinated because they need to take their own risk. If you're willing to see me, fine, it's your own choice. If you're not, that's also fine. You know, there are a lot of people who are afraid of this. Anyway, I got, I got to end this because Rex is having trouble. Rex, Rex. I gotta get her back here. I gotta let her out. I gotta go check my oven, and I'm gonna. I will. I'm gonna try to do something a little different because the news is just so. <laughs> I just hate it so much. I can't stop paying attention to it, and I hate it at the same time. So I'm gonna. I, I I'm gonna. When I've got an idea for something to talk about, I'm gonna make a note of it and see if I can't make that work. But until then, that's all I got. <laughs>